welcome back to Range Anxiety. It's a time for a solo session. Yeah, I've had about enough of Paul Howes on for a little while. He's beginning to become the star of the show and we can't have that, can we? Nope, not at all. But nah, Paul's, uh, Paul can't join us today, unfortunately, so I thought I'd um, play an intro. Reminiscent of him, does anybody know what that was? Uh, that was the theme from the original Dumb and Dumber by Mr. Dooves. Who doesn't remember Lloyd and Harry? Yeah, Paul and I are a bit more like uh, the twins pair than Lloyd and Harry, but you know, Lloyd and Harry did have something um, really special though. They had a really stupid car. If you remember at the start before they swapped it for the little monkey bike, they had that uh, Ford Transit, I think it was, uh, done up with hair as a dog. It was Mutt's Cuts. Remember to fill it up with fuel, you had to sort of lift the leg and that's where the fuel filler flat was. I still love that. Yes, we're driving along in the uh, Model 3 today. Hopefully it'll stay fairly quiet as we're going on some better roads in some more you know, affluent areas of South Australia at fairly low speed. So you'll probably just hear the, uh, hopefully just hear the trim creaking more than anything else, more than, I oh don't know, there we go, thump, bump, bang. Sometimes cars with sports suspension bug me. Softer, it's unlike the bedroom, softer is better with cars. So, what was all that little rant in aid of? Dumb shit. Dumb shit people do to cars and have done over the years. Now, we've discussed this uh, sort of before. I covered it a few Epicasts back with Paul about, you know, some of the dumb shit we did to our earlier cars. Like, cars are big fats, big meats on the back, you know, big puffy tyres and like little runners on the front and you know, actually these roads are bloody hideous. Flat earths, get here and fix these bloody roads, use your skills, yeah they're bloody horrible and this is, this kids is Goodwood Road, this should be King William Road, no Goodwood Road, it should be better quality than that, I'm sure it will be as we get closer to the city, so flat earths come and fix the road. But there's always been stupidity when it comes to car modification trends. You know, the big fats, the little skinnies on the front, the car on a big rate, lowered to look like Grandpa Munster's Dragula, which again, as I keep saying whenever it comes up, was probably the coolest car ever built and one of my favourites. It was stupid. Made the cars, I mean, not that those old buckets of shit ever handled, stopped, you know, brake did anything like that but it took something really really bad like all those old cars are dynamically like they're just terrible right it took something really bad and made it a whole lot worse imagine that but that's that's nothing new and that really isn't my area of expertise my area of expertise obviously uh, came to the fore in the late 90s and early 20s you know, oh, that's a long time ago now, you know, maybe 25 years ago, 30 years ago. So I was working for, you know, some of the biggest car titles there were, you know, Hot Fours, Zoom, High Performance Imports. Actually, I was actually editor at large of High Performance Imports for a while there. And yes, indeedy, one thing I was back then was quite large. But I got to see all of this dumb shit, all of the dumbest trends firsthand. I actually even got to bring some of the dumb trends back from overseas with me, from Japan, you know, where we photographed and 
told people things were cool and it soon just filtered and spread like, you know, COVID through a bloody hippie convention. All these automotive trends spread throughout the automotive industry. And yes, I've got myself to blame for a lot of them, but that, that 90s, late 90s, early 2000s, early 20s time, that was a, a really, really painful time. And you know, I'm pulling up next to a car now and it's got my whole, it's just proving to me that that pain still exists. It's a, a white 370Z, driven by a youngish kind of guy, probably late 20s, and he's got like manga stickers stuck to the windows. It's not JDM. That was a bastard French love child car that came from a guy that smuggled himself out of Japan in a bloody violin case or a big music box. You know, so some of these trends are stuck and it's been horrible and I was responsible for some of the more Japanesian style, you know, inspired ones. Uh, yeah, yuck, sorry, blame me. But there was a lot of shit that went on that I'm actually uh, not responsible for as well. And that was the big sort of oh, show boom. I mean, I'll call it without mentioning any specific names. I'll call it the auto salon boom. I mean, they were a company here that did some pretty cool shows and they even came out with their own magazine at some stage, Old Auto Saloon, and uh, they used to have these shows. And it was all sort of uh, centered around some pretty gutless sort of average cook and model cars with with some really outrageously stupid. Oh, make me see I'm yawning. I'm not even tired. There's some outrageously stupid modifications done to them. There was one car that summed that era up perfectly. It was a Swift GDI, a Suzuki Swift GDI, and it, you'll probably remember if I mention it, had the number plates R-Baby. Hands up if you remember R-Baby. Guy called Ravi Habib. I think it was Ravi Habib. I think I got the honor of meeting Ravi Habib and answering, asking him some questions once for a magazine. But it was fully mad to this thing, mate. Turbocharged, killer, stock engines. You know, the guy spent, it had wheelie. It was a Suzuki Swift GDI with wheelie bars on it. It was slower than a stock Starlet when it got put to the test. I think it was on one of Barry Jacobs' videos, maybe. One of the serious biz videos or something like that. But Ravi was fully off his lips, mate, the whole time. And he built this thing. And it was just the weakest, slowest, most horrible thing you've ever seen. <sighs> Wish I'd bought that and put that in the collection. You could just tell stories about it, just constantly. And then, it wasn't just that. There was there was probably, there was Mr. CRX. Does anyone remember Mr. CRX? I think that was a pretty, you know, averagely painted, you know, flame oh my god thing, you know, it was killer, fully custom, trick, schmick, letters on the tyres. I think that came a bit later. That was after the, the Flogs and the Furious, uh, yeah, trilogy that turned into 10 movies <clears throat> there was mr crx and of course i've spoken about this before that car's claim to fame was a fish tank in the boot and it was all quite funny you know the fish tank in the subwoofer because everything had to have a subwoofer and yeah that all turned to shit one day when it was actually at the auto salon show in adelaide and someone called the RSPCA, our Animal Welfare Society here in Australia, and they came down and made him remove it, and find him, or something, something hilarious happened. It was the most fully sick thing I've ever seen. You know, and that was right when the, the 
sort of commonplace um, and, and show that became a bit of a cult legend, Fat Pizza with Paulie Fennick. Um, came out in Australia and now are always six six up woofer, you know, slick the elite and all those boys. Very, very funny. I actually got a chance to do some work with Paul Fennick. Um, well, I, I interviewed him for Speed magazine. I took him out in my Bentley Turbo R. We went cruising for chicks. And, you know, people are saying, what was he like in real life? You know, um, yeah, Paulie was exactly the same in real life as he was in the show. So there you go. That wasn't just, well, if he put it on, he put it on 24-7. So if you ever want to know about Paul Fennick, there you go. I even appeared in some photos with him with my Kappa Track suit on. My brief uh, one minute of glory. So yeah, it was a painful, painful time, you know, where people did stupid mods to cars because cars weren't much chopped then. We didn't have like Evos. We didn't Oh, we barely had a WRX. They were so expensive in 1996 and 1997. You know, your average kid couldn't afford one. I think you paid the same money back then, 25-odd-plus years ago, in dollars that you do now. I think they were like 45000 48000 then, and they're 45000 now. And as you know... Uh, Things have changed a lot in terms of wages, not if you listen to your average punter, but truly over that time we do all earn a lot more money and new cars have never been as cheap as they are now. Another thing I saw at these shows back then is spray on mud. People used to love the rally look, they used to love putting mud flaps on cars, like rally style, rally armor style mud flaps. Um, thankfully the whole rally sport thing seems to have just imploded on itself doesn't seem to be as popular as it once was and manufacturers are no longer in the you know the WRC at the level they once were so you see less dickheads <coughs> driving around stock cars here come a couple of noisy motorbikes alongside me let's see what they are I bet they're junk uh, yeah, decently modified R1 yeah okay I'll take that back they're pretty good but yeah, these jerk-offs back in the day used to put out by cans of spray mud. If such a thing existed for car shows, spray mud, and they used to spray it up the sides of their cars and around the mud flaps to make it look like they'd been off-road. I'm not kidding you. I'm really seriously not kidding you. That shit used to happen. Hopefully not anymore. Um, what else did they used to do that was pretty pretty hideous there was the spray mud oh i just had it on the tip of my tongue it was just it was just coming to mind um it wasn't oh yeah oh shit yeah when i was photographing these car shows listen to how loud these bikes are as i would always say the sound of unreliability hurry up and piss off quickly you're running might be cast yeah as i used to have to here they go as i used to have to do all of these stupid car shows there would be people that would have fake smoke coming off the front wheels of their front wheel, their stationary car set up. They'd put fake, they'd make fake burnout smoke out of reams of cotton wool. Have you ever heard of anything more stupid in your entire life? No, seriously, this used to happen. Thankfully, again, I, even though I haven't been to a car show for a long time, please write in and tell me, email me and, and tell me that this shit simply has stopped that is just that is just nuts that is just horrible and you know 
at least they didn't like you know I saw one dude once with a normally aspirated like front wheel drive Celica that had the smoke coming off his rear wheels which was even less optimum and less cool and yeah then you get the ones that would actually have a smoke machine but I think most of the event um, managers and venues uh, outlawed all of that stuff because it was considered too toxic for the kiddies to be breathing so yeah thankfully car shows of that level don't exist anymore they were horrible and they were futile so there are some real nasty sort of trends that exist now and the one that i hate the most i sort of uh, it's sort of caught on a bit there for a while and i think it's dying a bit and i didn't hate this trend i hated the one that followed it so don't get upset with me everybody here was like like the stripes like that are white and red stripes like well they're not like white walls or red walls they were just like you know like hot wheel stripes around the tire and yeah i just i didn't like it because you used to have to what i didn't like about it it wasn't just being some primitive old dude killjoy no 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 what i didn't like about it you had to get out there with like a die grinder or a dremel and grind into the side of your bloody sidewall of your tire you know which if anyone if you know anything about cars and your race cars or whatever the last thing you want to do is compromise uh, your sidewall integrity um over a something that's uh, best described as decorative and worse described as just butt ugly so yeah try not to do that and then we went to the stick on letters and that that i think has got a lot to do with the flogs and the furious you know and then you get poor companies great australian company like motec you do some you know world leading stuff anyone that knows anything about ecus no motec and then they're like talking those movies about a motec systems exhaust well I haven't done a lot with Motec over the last few years, but I was a dealer and a state-level distributor actually for a long time there, and I never saw them do an exhaust. Maybe Motec can correct me if I'm wrong, if there is a, a, a Motec systems exhaust. And then there was the Spoon SR20s for Race Wars. Spoon. Now, Spoon, um, for those of you that don't know, were Spoon Sports in Japan. I've actually been there, I reckon, in one of my adventures over there we're a honda specialist spoon was sort of a competitor to mugen uh, sort of a competitor to mugen um not really but they used to specialize in civic s2000 stuff like that they didn't build sr20s and ask a premium for them right before race wars no that was a load of shit you see so what i'm saying is a lot of the really bad habits trends ugly uh, things and just general nastiness that kids jump on and, and adopt for the car scene should have actually been removed by a half decent sub editor if they actually bothered to do any fact checking in any of these movies like when Toretto was living in his life you know 10 9 seconds at a time or 8 seconds at a time or 10 seconds at a time you know they should have said he was living his life 15 to 20 seconds at a time you know, because none of the shit in that movie was very fast. But you know how many Supras I saw with big, like, silver fists on the side of them? Yeah, we're going over some pavement now. This is, like, made of bricks that they stick in the ground here to try and look artsy. And, of course, while I'm doing a drive-along, I run over the top of them. So, yeah, there's a really nasty whole Flogs and the Furious scene that just... It culminates in the big neat toe on the side of the tyres now and 
flogs go out and get this stuck on. I don't know. I don't know if you buy it as a self-adhesive kit, do you? I, I mean, I'm sort of programmed. I've got scotoma of that, or schemata, where I, I just won't even look at that shit. If I'd seen it in a shop, I'd look straight past it. All I know, I know these letters are kind of really badly put on and stuff, is because when I'm on the dyno, and you're dynoing some of these cars that have these stick-on shithouse letters off them, they generally tend to come flying off and just float around the dyno cell. Yeah, that's right. Just nasty. Who would do such a thing? I mean, yeah. And look, it's not just it's not just flogs in ice cars. It's flogs in you know electric cars. I've even seen the big stick-on letters on a Telstra. So it's not just that. Oh God. And then there's. And then there's a shit I'm responsible for, or partially responsible for, uh, back when Japan used to actually have a car industry that did some cool shit, like it hasn't really done for, well, oh, the R35 is probably the only decent car that came out of there in the last 20 years. Um, correct me if I'm wrong, if you can. The Japanese car industry is just a former... Shadow of itself, it's a waste, and most Japanese cars have come out now, although be it high quality, uh, are about as exciting as a home enema kit. They're simply not. All of that passion and flavour has just gone. But we, you know, we, we brought over some of that passion and flavour for the magazines with stupid stickers. You know, you went to Auto Backs and you bought these stickers, and all the flogs had put them on 45 degree angles up their windscreens. and you know, that have little fluffy gronks or gonks or whatever, gronks I'll call them, hanging off their exhaust tips, you know, from the little hole that the silencer <coughs> would normally screw into and, and press in. Yeah, and like some of the stickers are stupid. Um, some of the tints they use were stupid. And some of the trends like stupidly stretched tyres over ultra-wide rims and massive amounts of camber. Like it was a look, right? But it was actually like a really stupid look. It's like, hey, look at me. I've got a brain the size of a pea. You know, and yeah, that sort of slammed super camber. I mean, it's no better than what the Bogans and nose pickers did with the jacked up forward rake. You know, stuff that sort of signified Australia in the 70s and early 80s. So yeah, the Japanese were just as bad. People just think it's cooler because they you know, do home delivery tofu and um, yeah, they just weren't there to see how actually boring and stupid it all really was. And once you took all of the good cars out of there, the GDRs, the, you know, Salivas, the, the Supras, the, to a degree, the Chasers and even the K cars, those cool little buggers, once all that shit stopped getting made, there was actually, if you were in the cars, there was actually zero reason to go to Japan or try and celebrate their culture as if you're some kind of expert because if you were you would know that it's mainly crap so where are the next best trends i mean you know, i don't know i can't really see anything coming um all i can see is that there's a whole bunch of what would have been once hot hatch jap buyers now buying all of the korean stuff you know your i30s 20s all the end division stuff and look you know as i've said it's, they're not bad things apparently but they're just doing all the same reheated dog shit to them because they don't learn, because they don't read, and they watch YouTube and, and just general 
comments on Facebook that were doing all of the same dumb shit to these cars that's been done forever. I wouldn't be surprised to see someone trying to tell you that they have a Motec Systems exhaust on an i20N. And there is no, that is no fault of anyone at Motec. And I, I wish you'd come out with a press release to say it just either is or isn't so. But you know, I think we're just gonna keep seeing this till um, ICE vehicles slowly just disappear up their own rearward orifices. There's gonna be the same amount of pod filters, oh, the same amount of slagging and, and backbiting in the industry with new experts that pop up every 15 seconds, you know, and proclaim themselves to be the best and the greatest and the other shops that have been doing this don't know what they're talking about. And it's just fucking boring, isn't it? You know, and it's, you've just seen it, you've seen it once, you've seen it a hundred times. It's like, it's like the lemmings, how they populate and then they just go rushing off a cliff till the next lot come around and they populate and they just go rushing off a cliff and so on and on and on and on and on and on and on it goes, you know. It's as boring as hell, but it's a, it's a generational thing. And that's why I'm looking forward. One reason I'm looking forward to a lot of these habits going once the EV revolution really kicks in over the next few years. Why will they disappear? Well, you won't have flogs selling pod filters. You won't have flogs selling stupid exhausts. There'll be no more crackle tunes. There'll be no more popcorn tuning. There will be no more, hopefully, fish tanks in frunks. But you could do that. But hopefully, yeah, yeah, your modern generation boy just isn't that really that stupid or dumb and dumber. And their names aren't Lloyd or Harry. We all know a dumb Harry somewhere, I'm sure. Or a Lloyd, for that matter. But maybe how dumb were they? They come across a suitcase worth of money. What did I come across? Yeah, my own anchor channel on Spotify. Um, yeah, and, and what it's going to do when we get electrified, you know, there's going to be a lot of people that, you know, dig their hills in and, you know, yeah, I don't want to... It's funny how... It's funny how they, like, I saw someone calling electric cars gay the other day. I mean, this guys of limited intelligence. We're talking about uh, in winter he can count to 10 and in summer he can count to 20 because he's wearing thongs, right? Or jandals, if you're from NZ. And he, he said electric cars, no gay electric cars here. When um, gay, you know, I, I'm neither here nor on there with people's sexuality, but gay is normally considered with making a lot of noise and being in something big and flashy, like a Mardi Gras float. Now I happen to know that this 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 guy drives a car that is best described as a Mardi Gras float. Makes a lot of noise, doesn't go very fast. He hangs out with all the boys and he shows it off to them all. Yet for some reason, a car that goes about its business silently and packs a whopping punch has got to be associated with homosexuality. You see, I, I don't care if it is actually, I don't see that as a downside. I mean, the village people did some good stuff, but those are the sorts of people with the stoop, with the limited intelligence and the tiny brains and lack of idea that this whole EV rush is just gonna put out of existence and have them hiding in the corner, picking their nose and eating their own boogers, as they do, with their old car going, fuck those EVs, they're for gays. Well, so be it, I suppose. 
you know, and when you're having sex with your sister, like this guy probably does, I suppose being gay wouldn't be such a bad thing after all. And thank you for listening to Range Anxiety.